Welcome to Crown of Roses, a podcast about all the best things in life, faith, family, friendship, books, and motherhood. I'm your host, Katie Shannon. Hi, I'm Katie. I'm a wife and mother of a three-year-old girl and a 10-month-old baby boy. I work from home as a historian. My research is primarily focused on slavery, plantations, and New Orleans, my hometown. I'm a cradle Catholic, and my faith has always been a crucial part of my identity. I'm also a voracious reader, and I always have at least four books going, sometimes six, nonfiction, fiction, you name it. I'm especially fond of British literature, and when I do get a chance to watch TV, it's usually something produced by the BBC. This podcast will focus on faith, family, literature, and motherhood. But first, I want to dive deep into a key component of my faith, and I hope yours as well, Marian devotion. Whether you are a longtime fan of Mama Mary or you want to grow in your relationship with her, I hope I will have something here to offer you. First, I'm going to share my journey with Mary with you, and today will be an introduction to my relationship with Mary and will hopefully inspire you to delve deeper into your connection to the Blessed Mother as well. I cannot remember a time when Mary did not figure into my consciousness. My first full memory of Mary was at my sister's christening, my little sister. Um, I was two years old at the time, and I had a temperament very similar to most two-year-olds. I refused to take family pictures on the altar. And, you know, you, I was probably bribed and cajoled and pleaded with, but I was a very strong-willed kid, and I absolutely refused. However, um... I was in Mary, so um, I did maintain um, that I was pretty aggravated about this whole arrival of the baby thing, and I didn't understand. Why is this baby so special anyway? Uh, Didn't seem very interesting to me. Didn't seem to be able to do anything cool. Uh, I also felt that the baby had kind of usurped my role in the family. But when they asked if I wanted to take a picture in front of the statue of the Blessed Mother. I immediately agreed. I was suddenly very compliant and thrilled. The idea of having um, a picture of me with Mary brought my little heart so much joy. Granted, I I didn't fully understand who she was or or her significance or um, really her life, but even then at two years old, I loved her and I thought that she was very special. I think part of my love for her came from her sheer beauty. One wonderful aspect of our church is that we address the physical needs of our brothers and sisters. We as human beings are very sensory, and one of the most important of those senses is visual. It's through our, we take in things through our eyes and find them incredibly meaningful. So Mary is depicted in statues, paintings, mosaics, and lots of other forms of of art with such grace and beauty. It's impossible for her not to move you, even if you're only a young child. 
In fact, I would argue that um, a young child would be even more stirred by these beautiful images of Mary. Very small children can't read, obviously. What they take in with their eyes is of great importance. They're also more inclined to think about and to interpret things that they see in a way that we tend to lose as we grow up and become adults. Because of this, even before I had read a word about her life, I felt close to Mama Mary. Another important aspect of Mary for me when I was a little girl was that she was a woman and very maternal. She was a woman who had an important role in the church. Uh, That much I picked up on very early. Um, As a little girl, in many ways, I could relate to Mary much easier than to Jesus or God the Father. Later, it would be Mary who would help me draw closer to her son and father. I also associated Mary with my grandma. She was the most religious person I knew. When I thought of a woman who loved Jesus with all her heart, I thought of my grandma. Naturally, Mary was a woman, um, a maternal figure who loved Jesus more than anyone. So my young mind connected them together. My grandmother's love for me was pure, unconditional, tender, and constantly expressed. I came to believe that Mary held the same love in her heart for me. And to this day, I think of that. In addition to all these somewhat deeper aspects, I have to say that one of Mary's big draws for me centered around the May crowning. I absolutely adored watching the little girls in their pretty dresses process up to the altar and place a crown of flowers around Mary's head. I longed to be able to do that myself. It was an event that would naturally capture the imagination of any young girl. But um, sadly... By my adolescence, I had succumbed to cynicism and what I had believed at the time to be sophistication and intellectualism. Belief in Mary felt almost backwards, kind of kitschy, something for old ladies. I saw Mary as powerless and subservient. I had yet to grasp that in her humility lay her strength. I was busy trying to make my way through a world that seemed increasingly hostile, and I didn't see how Mary would help me do that. I thought I needed to toughen up, not get softer. Not to mention the fact that she was a virgin. I mean, really, what college girl, desperate for guys to notice her, is going to want to send out that vibe? Then, when I was 23, Hurricane Katrina hit. My world was turned upside down. My city was literally in ruins. My friends and family were displaced or had suffered true devastation. I had not suffered physical losses as badly as others, but psychologically, I was very stressed. And my survivor's guilt was strong. I lost, I I felt just so lost and, and, and was plagued with really strong anxiety. I went back and forth. Sometimes I would cling to my faith for support and regularly attend Mass. Other times I would turn away in the face of so much loss. I I felt like I couldn't go on um, believing this good news in the face of all of that sadness. Ultimately, my early 20s was a time of great fear and immaturity. 
um, it wasn't until my late 20s that I again embraced Mary. I was really struggling to make peace with my past. I had a lot of things that I felt a sense of shame about or that haunted me and made it difficult for me to move on. My eyes finally opened to the fact that Mary could help with that. Or really, not my eyes, but my heart. My heart that I had been guarding and hiding finally opened again and allowed itself to be vulnerable to the right person, Mama Mary. Mary became my spiritual mother, a large part of what paved the way for this big transformation was a silent retreat I attended at Our Lady of the Oaks in southwest Louisiana for three and a half days at this beautiful Jesuit retreat center surrounded by live oaks and with gardens. I was led in meditations on the life of Christ. I prayed the rosary for the first time in my adulthood, and I was drawn to Mary in whole new ways. I realized that in many ways, I was almost jealous of what she had, a husband, a child, a firm place in the world. She knew who she was. She knew herself. She seemed confident and sure and at peace with who she was at a time when I wasn't. I longed for a family of my own, and I realized I had been operating in extreme fear, great terror over the thought that I might never have my own family. I felt so alone and in some ways abandoned. Mary opened my eyes to her own sufferings and how she overcame them. And she also, at the time, showed me the struggles of other people. My life wasn't all about me anymore. Suddenly, I realized I wasn't alone at all. And then she healed me and brought me to a place where I could have those things that I most desired. I was nowhere near ready to be a wife and a mother until Mary came into my life and transformed it. I became closest to Mary when I became a mother myself. My journey to motherhood wasn't smooth or easy. I didn't marry until I was 30, and uh, my husband and I had to wait to start a family um, because of finances and jobs. Um, all of my pregnancies have been high risk, and I have felt Mary present with me every single day of each of them. My first pregnancy, um, it, it ended in miscarriage. I was utterly devastated, but the experience taught me a lot, and uh, one of those things was to lean on Mary and trust in her. When I found myself expecting our daughter, I was so terrified that um, I would lose this baby. I prayed the rosary every day with a particular focus on the joyful mysteries, and I can honestly say that this practice truly carried me through. Um, then when I was pregnant with my son, I wore my Mary medal almost every day. In fact, when I would go into the doctor's office, they would comment on how beautiful it was, and I felt in a way I was evangelizing the world about Mary. Uh, in my own small, little, tiny way. Though, ultimately, I had preeclampsia and um, many other complications with both my children. Mary was there through it all. Her journey to motherhood hadn't been particularly normal. 
or easy either, as I often remind myself. And again, I was reminded that I was not alone. Now as a mother struggling with late nights, exhaustion, sick babies, frustrating moments with toddlers, and just the isolation and anxiety of staying at home with small children, I see Mary in both the dramatic and the simple, small little moments of my everyday life. She was a mother too. She sees me, and yet again, I am reminded that I am not alone. I continue to cling to her, and she continues to understand. Today, I am closer to Mary than I've ever been. I long for others to have that same kind of relationship with her. Today, I've discussed my relationship with Mary, but in future episodes, I I really want to explore Mary's reach into all of our lives. I'll talk about Mary as an intercessor, as mother, as friend, as well as the importance of the rosary and her fiat. Well, that's all I have for today. I hope to have another episode up, hopefully next week, um, provided circumstances and little tiny children are amenable to it. Until then, you could find me on Instagram. Uh, My name is Mama Historian, M-A-M-A Historian. Um, at Instagram, or I also occasionally blog at crownofrose.com. That's crownofrose.com. Thanks for listening. I'll be praying for you, sisters.